0: Hello and welcome to the Our Dad Stamps podcast. My name is Pete West and I've spent half a lifetime collecting stamps and more than 10 years buying and selling them. In these podcasts I want to share some personal stories, tips and tricks that I've learned along the way and maybe encourage a few non-philatelists to take up this fascinating and absorbing hobby. I hope you enjoy the podcast. again from Our Dad Stamps. For today's podcast, I thought I'd talk about postal history. Now it's not something I spend a huge amount of time doing, but every so often I dip in and out. And and when I do, I find it a fascinating subject. And so I thought this would make an ideal subject for today's podcast. This actually came about because I bought a cover from a well-known dealer that I've used on several occasions and I have to be honest when I bought the cover I didn't look too closely at what I was buying. The reason I bought it was it was a cover sent from Malta to England and it was using British stamps in Malta and as many of you know Malta is one of my specialist areas and this was actually the first time I bought a cover with British stamps used in Malta on it. So I jumped at the chance when this was offered at a very good price. It arrived home and gave me a good chance to have a look and when I did look properly discovered some quite interesting features which I'd like to share with you. The first thing that strapped me with this cover was actually the name. It sent from Malta to a Mr. Rothschild Now I'm sure many of you will know that's the name of a banking organisation, hugely successful one, and the address on it just says Messrs N.M. Rothschild, London. So one would assume it was going to a well-known place. So the conclusion is this was certainly sent to Rothschild, the bankers. The second thing that I noticed was the date. Now the date stamp on the front of the envelope shows... November the 15th 56 because it's a penny red, it would be 1856 not 1956. A quick look in the catalogues would confirm that the earliest known date for these stamps to be used in Malta was 1857. So immediately I was excited I thought perhaps I've found a a rarity in fact a, a unique item. So on further investigation. I notice on the back of the envelope is the receiving office stamp, which says 21st of November 1859. So if that is correct, if both of these dates are correct, that would indicate that it took over three years to get from Malta to London. And although the international postage was quite slow in those days, it certainly wouldn't have taken three years. So then I started to wonder what was going on. Further evidence inside the, the wrapper was another date from the sender of 1859. So it seemed obvious that the date on the front was incorrect. The next thing I had to decide was, was this a mistake? Was this an anomaly? Or was this a deliberate fraud? When you look at the envelope, you can see that the actual date stamp is, is on there three times. If you were to perpetrate a fraud, It's unlikely you're going to do it three times on the same piece because that would heighten the chances of it being found out. The date stamps are also tied to the to the cover what that means is that the date stamp overlaps the stamp and the the cover itself so although that doesn't guarantee it hasn't been forged uh, it's a lot more difficult and close inspection I was pretty certain that the uh, date stamp was applied Uh, correctly at the time it was sent. So with a lot of looking around and a lot of talking to people that know these things, the final conclusion was that actually the date was incorrectly put on the date stamp. These date stamps have what they call slugs where you can change the date. So there's the numbers from 0 to 9 and you can interchange the date, the day and the year. So it's assumed that the 6 should actually have been a 9, but was put in upside down. So the actual date of this was November the 15th, 1859, not 1856. And that means it took six days to get from Malta to London, which is a much more realistic figure and seems the most likely explanation of, of this occurrence. The interesting thing though, that leaves two further questions. This was posted in November 1856. Was that date stamp incorrect for the 11 months that it was used? Or did the post clerk find an old date stamp, decide he was going to change the date on it and just make a mistake? After all, a lot of these post offices were quite dark and dingy places, so the lighting wouldn't have been great. And it is known that these mistakes happen. However, I'm still intrigued to wonder whether it went unnoticed for 11 months, whether this was just a one-off or if it occurred on a lot more covers sent that day. The final conclusion could be of course that the postal clerk did it deliberately to create something special. Stamp collecting was very much a thing by the 1850s so it could be that the postmaster colluded with the sender to make something interesting. We will never know that but this is the whole point about postal history for me is that it throws up interesting objects, interesting covers that need some investigation. Before we go on to the next cover I just want to clear up a bit of terminology. I used the the word wrapper when I was describing that particular cover and in Victorian times envelopes as we know them today weren't widely produced and people made up their own envelopes. And a wrapper is used to describe anything that was, was folded in such a way as to make it look like an envelope. And these were widely used and almost universally used for posting items. A cover is used to describe anything that's including what we know today as an envelope. You might also come across the term entire And an entire is an ingenious folding of paper such that on one side of the paper you can write your letter and on the other side of the paper is folded in such a way that that becomes the outside of the envelope and is used for for posting. Okay, so the next cover that I want to talk about is actually one from Scotland. This is a cover with, as you can see, a, a black line all the way around the outside. And these were mourning covers to show that somebody was in mourning for the loss of a family member or loved one. And this is sent to a Mrs. McVicar in Johnfield, Dundee, in 1841, in March 1841, in actual fact. And the date is the first thing that interested me on this particular cover because the Penny Reds were only introduced in February 1841. So to have one within a month of its introduction is quite rare. And it also indicates that this particular penny red is one of the original penny reds. And on further investigation, I believe this to be from plate nine, which was actually a penny black plate and then reused to print the penny reds. So for that reason alone, it's quite a, an interesting object and worth having. Uh, I did a bit of research into the Mrs McVicar, Johnfield, and it could be that she was the wife of the Reverend John McVicar, who lived in Johnfield Dundee and died around about that time, so it's very possible that this letter was sent as condolences to his wife. The next cover I'm going to show you is of interest because of the postmark on the front of it. This is sent to Robert Bartlett Esquire Solicitors in Chelmsford. But on the front of the envelope you can see a postmark that says Godmusham Penny Post. Now these particular Penny Post postmarks were used before Penny Black was introduced. And the receiving post office would mark the envelope with this to show that the the sender had paid the required penny for the post to be sent. And although it's not hugely rare it is quite unusual to find the penny postmark as well as a penny red on the same envelope or the same cover. So having one of those makes this worth more than a normal envelope. This was also sent in January 1844 which makes it a very late use of the penny post stamp. So All in all, this is, whilst not the rarest of covers, it's quite an unusual cover and quite nice, even though it looks a bit tatty and and worn. It's one worth having. The fourth cover I want to talk about is is an interesting one for the content, not for the particular cover itself. This is actually an entire, it's what I said before, where a single sheet of paper is folded in half and the letter written on one side, and the rest of it is folded in such a way as to make an envelope. And because it's got the, the letter inside it, I was able to read the contents. Well, at least I tried to read the contents. As with a lot of writing in the Victorian area, it is very difficult to decipher. And much of the contents of this letter, I really have no idea. But what I did manage to decipher was the sender was actually Sir Edward Hamilton. And the reason I can be certain it's Sir Edward Hamilton is his address at the bottom is shown as Cumberland Terrace, Regents Park, London, which is where he actually died in March 1851. So that makes this uh, interesting in itself just because of the person who sent it. Sir Edward Hamilton was made a baronet in 1819 for his efforts in the Navy, primarily where he recovered a ship which was moored in the Spanish port of Puerto Cabello and with a small command of soldiers and sailors he sailed over to the boat, captured it and recovered it for the, the British fleet. He became a rear admiral in 1821 and finally an admiral in 1846, which was a few years after this letter was written. So the history of this excellent person, I find fascinating. And the fact that I've got one of his letters is amazing. As I said, I really can't make out what the letter says. I can't even make out who it's written to. All I can is that it's sent to Rye in Sussex, but nevertheless, fascinating. The final one I want to share with you is something quite different, but nevertheless still fascinating when you delve into the history. And this was actually sent to my wife's grandparents, who lived in Jamaica at the time. And it was sent from Russia in 1915. Now, most of you will know that 1915 was during the First World War, and Russia at the time was heavily involved in the war. And this card was sent by somebody presumably in the foreign office, because it's written completely in in English, from Petrograd in February 1915, just thanking him for his hospitality when uh, presumably he was in Jamaica. What I find fascinating about this particular, it's a postcard actually, but what I find fascinating about it is how it managed to travel from Russia across to Jamaica during the First World War. As I said, it was sent from Petrograd in Russia in the 22nd of January, 1915, and it arrived in Kingston, Jamaica on the 2nd of March, and Brownstown, Jamaica on the 3rd of March. But there is no clue as to how it got across from Russia to Jamaica. It's a shame there aren't further postmarks and further clues of where it went on the way. Well there is my quick roundup of, of Postal History. I hope you found it interesting and if it's something you want to get into my advice would be to specialise, to find something you're interested in quite early and just go for that. There are so many letters covers out there that you cannot possibly collect everything from everywhere. My choice has been to go down British Postal History franked with the Maltese Cross. There are plenty out there and plenty at an affordable price although there are also plenty at a very expensive price. The difference is the expensive ones tend to be ones where people have researched and found exactly what the letter is, the stamp is, and it's something a bit special. However, if you want to start yourself off like I have done, it's very easy and reasonably cheap to find them on the internet and at fairs and various odd places. So happy hunting if that's something you fancy doing. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again in two weeks' time on How Dad Thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it, and maybe you've learnt a little too. I would love to hear from you with your tips and stories. I can be found on Facebook and Instagram as Our Dad Stamps, as well as through my online shops at eBay and Derbcamp. Listen again next week for another episode of the Our Dad Stamps podcast.